Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. So you go to Sacramento. Um, yeah. How long are you in Sacramento? I was only there for a year and a half, and then, and then you, I moved to Seattle. And that, and I, first of all, I fucking love Seattle. I just have to say, I fucking love that town. Um, I my favorite coffee is Cafe Ladro. Is that still open? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a small chain, so there's yeah. a few of them. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I love the fish that that one fish that's only there a certain time of year. Um, oh, are you talking about the, the salmon, salmon that they yeah. fly in on a special plane from Alaska? Yes. Yes. God, what? I, why am I blanking on it? Oh, my God. It's so expensive. I'll I have know. to look it up. Oh, and it's yeah, there every for day, like there's a like, month, right? Yeah. And it's like, I want to say the first day it arrives, it's $80 a pound or oh something my crazy like that. It's ridiculous. I, it is, um, but it's good. So you end up in Seattle and you've been there since, correct? Yeah, I've been here almost 15 years. And... Do you love, I mean, I, I fucking love that city. 
I do. It's it's an interesting place. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I've become very outdoorsy. And because of that, I cannot leave because I can't think of another city where you could be so close to the mountains. Right. And like even in the middle of the city, like there's hiking and forests and ocean in the middle of the city. But have you heard of the Seattle freeze? No, the freeze, the freeze. It's a big thing. But people who are from here don't know what we're talking about or notice it. But there's a million articles about it. The Seattle freeze is that people here are very nice and very polite to your face. Right. But they're not super warm and they don't want to have a bigger. They're like, we have all the friends we need. No one will say that to you. But it's like everyone's very exclusive. So like coming from California, it was like the more the merrier. We're having a barbecue. Bring your friend. And then I moved here and everyone was kind of like, I don't know. Maybe we'll call you again. Really? Uh, Yeah, it's very it's very cold. And I don't know anywhere else in the country like this. People say it's because of the weather Scandinavian roots. Oh, okay. Well, the weather. But I I don't know. It doesn't make sense because we have so many transplants. Right. Everyone's like this. But when I go to New York or New Orleans or San Francisco, I'm like, oh, yeah, people talk to you like strangers talk to you. If you're here, like at the supermarket in line and you just try to talk to someone in line, they look like super freaked out that you're talking to them. That is so not New York. I know. People always ask me if I'm from New York here. Wow. Because I because I talk to strangers and I am loud. And you're a Jew. And I'm a Jew. I'm telling you right now, when people are like, oh, are you from New York? That is the most anti-Semitic way of saying, like the most released, <laughs> like, because it would be every time I would do something and they'd be like, oh, she's too New Yorky, which meant she's too Jewish. You know what I I've it's, never it's, thought about it that. Is. It's the it's the code for <laughs> Jewy Jew. Um, I always took it as a huge compliment. Yeah. How did you get into food? So how did food become... The forefront of my obsession. But, and I read that you ate chicken feet and went to dim sum when you were like two and three years old. And yeah, so your family was. Was creative with food like that, you know, they, yeah, I mean, I was so was, restricted that it was whatever. But yeah, it was mostly my dad. My mom grew up with a single mom. And so she mostly ate like frozen, you know, Swanson's dinners right, right, and right. stuff like that. And food out of a can and wait what I happened even, I, to your grandfather uh he left he so he was cheating on my grandma <gasps> fuck him yeah i know the bastard poppy george and my grandma would say back then if he was cheating on you you could call the police so i would call them i took your mother i took Marsha. we would walk down to that station and we'd <laughs> say hey what are you gonna do about this bum huh my husband the bum so yeah they got a divorce which i think at that time was pretty unusual yeah. i think when my mom was like it must have been in the early 50s, wow. mid 50s. Um, and that that grandpa went on to marry another woman. They got divorced because she was a lesbian who came out in the early 60s, no. which again was really early. Way ahead of her time. Way ahead of her time. And then got married again to my grandma, Terry, who was there when I was born. Wait. So wait, she got married to, to so another my, my woman. Grandpa, my grandpa got married three times. I don't know if his second oh. wife married another woman, but probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you get back to the food thing. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom grew up kind of just eating like hot dogs on the street and Chinese food or whatever. Right. And so when she moved to California in the 70s, she said she'd never seen a, an artichoke before. She never heard of asparagus, like all this stuff. So she said to herself, like, when I have kids, I am not giving them anything out of a can I don't like that, like the oh, mushy green that. beans or whatever. 
So and that was kind of my mom's technique in general for raising us was to do the opposite of what she had because she didn't get to do the Girl Scouts or any activity. She was just roaming the streets. Right. Which I thought was so cool and so romanticized because I grew up at the end of a cul-de-sac in the suburbs. Right. You know, so that was my mom's idea. And then my dad was just always very adventurous with food, which I always attributed to him being foreign. But I now think it's just him because a lot of immigrants don't go out and eat all the food of other Right. Cultures and countries, too. But yeah, when I was a kid, my dad was very into, you know, we rarely went out to dinner. But when we did, it was like Korean or dim sum. That's so cool because, you know, growing up kosher, we could only go to a certain (laughs) we would go out on Sunday night and it was only certain like my sister and I have a joke that we didn't know there was anything other than vegetable chow mein at a Chinese restaurant until we yeah. got out of the fucking house, you know? Yeah. But well, you kind of don't know, like when you leave the house, like, did you have this experience when I went to college the first day in the dorms? I was not sure what to eat because I was embarrassed about the way my family ate. And I thought people would think I was weird because you're like in this insular thing of like, you only know what your family does. Right, of. right, right. It was. Yeah. And and I started exploring. I'm like, wow, that cheese looks good on those French fries with, the, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. and we had a garden. Like I grew up in New Jersey and my parents grew Tomatoes. all their own vegetables. I mean, zucchini, eggplant, huge tomatoes. We had a peach tree. I mean, Everything my mother made ratatouille with all the homemade. I mean, and I didn't appreciate it until until now. And I'm like, oh, God, I could (laughs) go for one of those tomatoes. All right. So you get really into food. I I read that you um, well, you you are a taco lover. um, I am. And that you fly to California to get tacos. Is that correct? Yes. And burritos. Seattle does not have good Mexican food. That was so sad when I moved here. I had no idea. I was obsessed with burritos, specifically in San Francisco from this one place called Taqueria Cancun. And when I first moved here, I'll never forget. It was like my burrito 9-11. I went to this little taqueria. It looked like any place I'd ever been to in California. And I took one bite of this burrito and it had frozen peas and corn in it. And cinnamon and i was just like Ugh. oh I, gross scene, it's gotten a little better up here but yeah every time i go to california i just eat as much mexican food as it's I can. so funny because i you know uh i went to college 1980 and then in 83 i guess the early 80s is when mexican food came to the east coast like big time do you know what i mean like they started having big mexican and i got a i got a job between my junior and senior year at um something Maria's Cantina and it was my first experience with Mexican food and I fucking I still to this day I fucking yes. love it I love burritos I love tacos it's so fucking good but when I would lived in LA cuz I lived in LA in the 90s and I was training for the marathon I would go on these long runs and on the way home my prize was Taco Bell I, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I fucking love Taco Bell that that um the bean burrito is it's so bad for you right have you been recently though now why because so I ate that like crazy in high school and yeah. in college and then I stopped eating fast food and then I went a few months ago just like I wonder I don't know it sounds really good it is not very good anymore i mean it's probably the same right but like your palate changes right everything has the same texture it's like 
somehow the meat and the tortillas, right. everything's soft. It's very like gummable for old people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't recommend ruining your good memories. Okay. Well, I never had the meat because that, that's the one thing I got oh, yeah. from being kosher. Like, don't get eat shitty meat. Healthy taco I, Bell. I would get the bean burrito or the eight layer burrito with the beans. Uh, we had seven like, layers. Seven this layer. is Hanukkah. Just seven layers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Rachel. Um, okay. So you started your podcast, uh, first of all, which I find what a fucking great idea. Um, Thank you. Because, you know, when I, when I started my, me, 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 but when I started my podcast, people were asking me, what do you want, you know, for, for a while you should do a podcast, but I wanted to do something that I was interested in, which is be, yeah. being fucking annoyed at everything. And so <laughs> you'll get a question at the end, but, and, and I, cause I do get fucking aggravated at every little thing, especially incompetence and fucking assholeness. But, um, the idea that, did you start reading about people's last meals? Like, and, and a, I also want to know, are you a good cook? Oh, okay. Uh, seven part question. I'll field the first one okay. first. So yeah, I've, I, like you said, I've always been into food and I was doing a bunch of food writing freelance on the side, just anything to kind of be more into that world. And then one day I was, this was more than 10 years ago. I was researching a story. I don't know what for radio news. And I ran across this website that listed every last meal of every inmate in Texas that was ever executed. Right. And it was like a really old website, like 90s style. Like there was it looked super ghetto. And I was fascinated by it because some people would get one thing and some people would get 25 things and almost everybody got fried chicken. And I was like, what is this? And so I just kept thinking about it all the time. What would my last meal be? And I had this running list in my head. You know, I could have whatever I wanted, this long list. And then I would start asking other people, just, you know, friends. And then I did a series where I asked chefs and then like, I thought about it, I mean, honestly, for like a decade before I started the podcast. And then I started thinking that it would make a great television show. And I didn't have any connections, but I just was thinking, like, if I had all the money in the world to do whatever show I wanted, I thought it would be cool to interview celebrities about their last meal and then go anywhere in the world to find the best version of that or go to their mom's kitchen if it's right. their mom's meatballs. I love that. And so then my radio station wanted to start a podcasting division. And so they told everyone in the building, if you have an idea, make a pilot and then we'll pick three pilots to execute and start to make shows. So I instantly was like, oh, I could turn this idea into a podcast. Uh, and so I did the pilot and they liked it and we made the show and mine's the only one of the three that is still going. That's so funny. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And of course, so, James Beard awarded. You're like the, uh, just nominated, just nominated, nominated but nominated. still, that was amazing. I don't fuck that. It's, it's awarded. <laughs> um, I won. I won. Yeah. So the format is I interview a celebrity. I'm going to have you on soon. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. About what they would eat for their last meal. And then based on what they say, I look into the science, the history, the culture of that dish. And I have other experts on. Uh, and that can go anywhere from like Chris Ballou, who's the singer of the Presidents of the United States. He wanted macaroni, not macaroni and cheese, but just macaroni with butter and salt. And so I interviewed this guy who is a um, nursery rhyme historian about what macaroni means in Yankee Doodle. So it can kind of go oh, that's anywhere. Fascinating. So it could be like a very literal history or it can kind of be a tangent. It's just whatever 
pops in my mind and whoever I can fucking book. Oh, shut up. Everyone loves you. Hey, everyone. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but fast growing trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew. The space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. The idea of the last meal, where did that come from? Like, who decided someone's going to die, they can pick their last meal? Do you know the history of that? That's so funny. I have never actually, I can't believe I've never thought of looking into where that started. But there was an article in the New York Times recently that was saying that Americans are obsessed with last meals, that you know, in other countries where people are executed, because I think there's 40 countries that do it still. Other countries aren't as obsessed right, with this. Right. And and they were speculating a few things. Number one, uh, you know, since you don't tar and feather people, you don't do it in public anymore. It's like one of the few things that we can kind of hold on to because we allow reporters, which I guess a lot of other countries, they don't cover it. Right. And so that's like one of the few things the reporters kind of have to report on is what their last meal was. Uh, and yeah, they just say that I think we just we just are voyeurs and we just, you know, it's like a little bit of like a sick fascination. Right, right. And so ugh. Um, and like I, I would have if I knew I was going to die, I would have no fucking appetite. Would you have no appetite? I know. I know. So one thing that happened. So in Texas, they used to let people pick whatever they wanted. And in uh What's his name? Prodigy, the rapper. He's passed away since, but he was a guest on my show. And I ended up having as a secondary guest, this guy who used to cook the last meals in the Texas prisons. And he was an inmate himself. And he said, you know, if somebody wanted lobster, they wouldn't get lobster. He would just take the breading off of fish sticks and like. No way. 
do shit like that. They would just kind of figure it out. But what happened in Texas, it's been several years now, is you could order whatever you wanted. So this guy ordered like 20 things and then they brought it to him and he wouldn't eat a single bite. It was his kind of middle finger, his last like, you know, I'm not eating this. Like you can... So they used him as the example and they said, that's it. We're not doing this anymore. No more last meals. So now in Texas, you have to eat whatever everyone else is eating in the dining room that no day. No fucking way. Yeah. And that guy who I interviewed, who was the one who cooked the meals, he's so upset about it. And he's offered to come in anyway and spend his own money to buy the food because he thinks people deserve this one last thing. Right, but right, they right. won't they won't do it. Wow. Is he still an inmate, the guy? No, no, he's been out for a while. He actually has, he owns a diner in Texas. Now, do you, have you found that depending on the crime, is there a, anything that correlates with the crime and the meal? Like, do murderers like me, do like rapists, like, you know, is there? You know, I haven't looked into that because the podcast, it's, we just use the question as, a vehicle to have a conversation. Like there's nothing morbid about the podcast. That's the only one where we kind of got into that. So no, I haven't, I haven't done that that kind of research. Yeah. That actually would be very interesting. Because you know what? I met this woman (laughs) and she teaches math uh, in the prison system. And she was saying like murderers are great at math. Like homicide, and that depending on the crime, what subject they're good at. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, well, that makes sense because, you know, they say like a lot of psychopaths and mass murderers are like, oh, he was very charming. Right, right, right. Oh, he was a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like women loved him. And it's like, I think in order to get away with something, you have to be pretty smart and cunning and conniving to come up with these plans. Yeah. Yeah. So you... You said that for your last meal, meal you wanted grainy oysters. Is this no, correct? No, no. Grainy? Not grainy. What? I just wrote oysters, but I know it was oh. so. briny. Briny? <laughs> oh, briny. Yeah, briny. briny. <laughs> what is that? What is a briny? O- like, it just has shit in it? Like, what does that mean? Like, all right. Can I just say something about oysters for one second? Yeah. Like, all right. So I'm on Cape Cod right now. We eat oysters all the time. And it's like, all I know is that you get the oyster and you got the the three dips. You got the horseradish. You got the vinegar and something else. The mignonette. Yeah. And you, I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck to do. And then I act like, <laughs> then I act like, you're not supposed to chew it. Like, how do you eat a fucking oyster? And then I act like, oh, this is so good. And it's like, yeah. no, it's not. It's like shit at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. Okay, and then you're not supposed to. Are you supposed to chew it? Are you not supposed yeah. to chew it? Like, can you please explain once and for all how to fucking eat an oyster? Go. I will explain. So yes, you have to chew it because otherwise you've missed the whole experience okay. and it just slides down your throat. And they're so expensive. So I like, know. if you're not even chewing it, it's like what the fuck. But yeah, so um, and they're not at the bottom of the ocean. They make these. They're not. It's like fairly shallow. I guess it's at the bottom, but yeah, it's not, it's not so, so they like have these little beds, but, um, here in the Pacific Northwest, we have different oysters than you guys have on the East coast. Right. And I really like the Pacific ones. They're kind of smaller. Um, so there's this event that they do every year off the coast, like maybe an hour, hour and a half outside of Seattle. And it's amazing. There's these two little mini buses. They only sell a hundred tickets and on a weeknight, you get on after work and they drive you out to the coast to this beach and it's lit up with uh, 
where like spotlights on the beach. You get off, they hand you an oyster shucker and a wine glass and you just go out on the beach and you pull your own oysters and you shuck them yourself. And they have this one wine that they say goes perfectly. Right. And they didn't and they don't have any condiments. So after I went to that event, I've never used condiments again because I felt like putting horseradish or cocktail sauce is like really strong and heavy and it completely drowns out the flavor of the delicate oyster. So when if you didn't put those condiments, you would taste the brininess because that's just the liquid in there. That's like the seawater flavor. Right. So so I learned then there's they had four different oysters that they grew in that area and some are sweeter and and it doesn't and it's not like tasting wine where you're like I don't taste hay. Right, I don't right. taste yeah, a, yeah, a burlap yeah. sack. Yeah. Like you can tell like some are sweeter, some are saltier, some are brinier, some are creamier, some right. are crisper. Um and I like to just taste that because I think it's so good and they're so kind of precious that, you know, you rarely eat them, that it's like a special treat. So if I get a plate of oysters, because they have Oyster Festival here, too. All right. So if I get yeah. a plate of oysters, I should just take it. And you're not supposed to use the little fork, right? You're supposed to suck it out of the thing. Is that right? I think you can use the little fork to separate it from the shell because it's holding on right, with right, that little right. muscle. And then, yeah, just slurp it. Put Just let it slurp it and chew it for sure. And then swallow yeah! it. <laughs> and don't use I'm, the other shit. I'm impressed that you like them because being kosher, you didn't eat them growing because up. Because I now am on this, you know, I, I'm I'm on this mission to eat everything I never ate. Cool. Yeah. But and I live They're, I live on Cape Cod, like so part of the year. So it's like it's such a big part of being here. Oysters are here. Yeah. You know? Okay. You and then you wanted grilled cheese. Yes. What kind it's of so cheese? It's so hard to pick. Oh, man. Well, I think most important to me is that, like, you have to cook it slow and low because I had this terrible boyfriend once, the one bad boyfriend I had. And I always put boyfriends to a test. Like, early in the relationship, I asked them to make me a grilled cheese, but they don't know it's a test. And then it's been true. The better boyfriends have made the better grilled cheeses. Wow. I think the most important part is that the inside is super melty and the outside is super toasty because this bad boyfriend, he, first of all, used whole wheat bread, which I do not want on a grilled cheese. And then the inside was like, you know, when it just gets sweaty, the cheese is just sweating. Yes, I hate that. Ugh. So and then the outside was just kind of burnt and the inside was sweaty. So I like. And he was a shitty boyfriend. He was the worst. I've never had a bad boyfriend before or since. He was one of those people. I don't know if you've ever dated someone like this who at the beginning they are super dazzled by you. And then they are mad because they want to be the funny one. Have you ever dated anyone like that? That is interesting. And I was like, why can't we both be the funny one? Right. But I think people know already that I'm the funny one. So that I think, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you, you do it for be, a living. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's my question about cooking a grilled cheese. Now, when yeah. my mother made grilled cheese, she would bake it in the oven. Okay. Yes. Mine did it in the toaster oven. They called it toasted cheese. Oh, no. Mine did it like you would have the bread at the bread with the cheese on it and then you would put it on once it melted and you'd put the other half on the other half, like each piece uh. of bread. had. Okay. But then I had a neighbor who used to make it on in like a frying pan. Yeah. Like she'd put butter and then she'd put the bread and then it, that was so 
fucking good. Uh, but you have to make sure that cheese is melted inside because, all right. So yes. sometimes, tell me if this is bad. Sometimes okay. I toast the bread a little bit so it's hot. Yeah. Then I put the cheese in between the bread and then I put it on the Oh, good. I, put I thought it on you were going to say the micro, the microwave. No, and I was no, like, no, no, never. You can't. Can you tell everyone never to put my bread in the microwave? It's so fucking gross. It is gross. It is gross. Um, Yeah. And you have to have a melty cheese. So I like cheddar in general, but like I don't prefer it on a grilled cheese because it gets like a little bit greasy and oily. So I like super, super melty, melty, melty grilled cheese here in Seattle. In Seattle, we have a cheese maker called Beecher's um, and they're in the airport too. If you're ever passing through, they make the absolute best grilled cheese. Like you think it's so simple. You could just make it at home and you can, but like they're the ones that make it better than you can make at home. So if you're ever in the Seattle airport, go to Beecher's cheese and how get do you spell grilled it? Cheese. B-E-E-C-H-E-R-S. Okay. And yeah. what kind of cheese? What kind of cheese? Like as you may or may not know, when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, it was a fucking American cheese. Yes. That's not so bad, though, because it makes it super gooey. Like, I think yeah. using a good cheese and then just like, bloop, slip one American cheese one, slice in yeah. there. I don't think that's so bad. Yeah. yeah I, I like Swiss. Swiss is good. I like Havarti because it's really, really melty. Oh, yeah. Um, like ones that don't have that much flavor that you normally right. want flavor from. It's like, who cares? Monster. You want texture. Right. Munster is good, too. Ooh, Munster I, is good, too. I was obsessed with Munster cheese in my 20s, and then I went on to smelly cheeses. Okay. And then the last thing you want before is a tagliatelle with bolognese and Parmesan. Oh, God. It's so hard to make this list, though, and that's why I feel for the people on my show, because I only let them pick one meal, and my personal last meal is like, you know, I have like 20 things in my mind, but I've narrowed it down to these three. Um, right. Yeah. Homemade pasta. Once you start making your own, it's you can't go back. I mean, I do. Is that I like, true? It's, it's hard, right? It's to make not hard. Pasta? No, I feel like that's something that everybody thinks. And it's not hard. You just have to get used to it for it to kind of go faster. But the, right. the dough, all the dough is, is flour and water. That's it. Like, it's not hard. And you put it in the thing. You put it, it in the out. thing and you sit on it and you make it flat. And yeah, it's good. But um, OK, yeah, that is the best. I love that. Hey everyone, you know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV. Because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer, and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra, that has a little green tea in it, and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out, and what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come, it can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what Liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. 
Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor and I love them and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. Your parents got divorced. (laughs) Uh, How Uh, old were you when they got divorced? 39. Okay, so how long uh, do you, you know, I'm 57. I'm 40. Fuck you. Anyway, so (laughs) your parents got divorced when last year. Yes. And this year they got remarried to each other. What the fuck? Uh, This is so crazy. So So my, for a lot of my life since high school, I always thought that my parents should get divorced. Um, Right. Why? Because they fought? Yeah, they fought and they just, Yeah. I'm not going to okay. get into it on here out of the right. respect I get it. for that. I get it. Yes. I, right. I get it. But I always was like kind of trying to help my mom get a divorce. So right. in the past, maybe five or six years, they separated a few times and my dad would move out and buy a condo. And then like two days later, they would change their mind. And he's like, oh, give him a condo back. One of them was a condo in Redondo. <laughs> and I was like, you have to you have to stay apart. <laughs> Because he bought Wait, this- he'd buy a condo and then change his mind. Oh, my yes. God, that's hilarious. Okay. And he bought the condo in Redondo, which I was like, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave it back. So then maybe it was a year and a half ago now, but it was like not that long ago. They finally got a divorce and I couldn't believe I didn't think they were ever going to actually do it. So they get a divorce. And then I tell my mom, you know, I can't be in the middle of this anymore. Like that's created so many problems for us. Don't tell me any more about what's going on with you guys enough. So every once in a while, she would hint like that they're hanging out. Oh, your father and I were dating. And I'm like, what does that mean? You're dating when you you (laughs) gross, like it just grossed me out. So then she uh, was visiting me in December and we were at a restaurant and it was like moments before we were going to drive to the airport. She said, I know that you don't like to hear what's going on with your father and I, but we went to Vegas a few months ago and we got married. <laughs> no fucking way. Were they living with each other? They were. They were living together again. Oh, so they love each other. Like this, you uh, you know, because you grew up in the Bay Area, you don't realize like Jews fight with each other. There's passion and fighting <laughs> and, and acrimony. But there's love underneath all of that. Well, it Do was. You, they must really love each other. Well, my mom said it's a very romantic thing. She said, we are used to each other. 
Which, uh, you know, when I don't know what it's like to be married 40 something years and right, to right. be 70 years old and suddenly be like, who's going to take care of me? I think they right, were right. kind of scared. So I was about to get really upset because I always would get upset about the relationship. And then she showed me the picture, which I'm going to text this to you when we get off the phone. Oh, I can't wait. She can't sends wait. me this picture of them on their wedding day in Vegas and they're wearing matching tuxedo T-shirts. And jeans. And it was so So cute cute and so funny that it actually was this message to me. It kind of shook me out of my mind space to be like, stop taking everything so seriously. Why don't you make this funny in your mind? Then you wouldn't be so mad about it. Like it was actually like a lightning bolt hit me. And I was like, oh, I needed to see this ridiculous picture to understand to like, it's none of my business. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. First of all, I find you quite entertaining. You um, too. You're like really fun. I think we would be friends. I do um, too. Can I come to the cod? I've never been yes, to Cape Cod. Co- oh my God. You have to come here. Like the food here is fucking unbelievable. Does anyone call it the cod or was that a, no. the way to show that I'm not from there? <laughs> that that would be a way to show that you're not from okay. here. Okay. You know Anthony Bourdain started here as a dishwasher. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, this is where he started. But the food here is fucking amazing. You should come. Okay, I'll come um, and we'll watch Mary Tyler Moore all damn day. I have we'll the whole season downstairs. You I have, do? I mean, I have all. You have to. Can you promise me you'll watch it? Yes, 100% this weekend. Swear? I will watch. I swear. swear and you'll it's text so- me? And yes. you'll text me? Yes. Pinky swear. Okay. Pinky swear. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so I ask. My guests, two questions. Uh, number one, we're very pro mental health. Yes. I suffer from anxiety, depression, and ADD, and multiple other fucking my grandparents were cousin diseases. Um, <laughs> Mine were too. Mine were they too. They were second yes. cousins. My Great grandparents. grandparents. What the fuck? These Jews and the inbreed. Anyway. So um, we figured it out when I was in Sunday school and I had to do a family tree as a Sunday school project and we were filling it out. And my mom and I said, why do these people have the same last name? name. Yes, (laughs) that's what happened with us. It's it's Goldberger, Greenbaum, Goldberger, Gold. Yeah. That's how it goes. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. So. What do you do mental health wise? Are you on antidepressants? Have you ever been on? We try to break the stigma here. So I, yeah, I'm, I, ju- oh, by the way, to all my listeners, I just got off the Paxil. I know everyone was hearing about my Paxil. I gained all this weight from Paxil and now I'm on Luvox and I'm feeling okay so far. But um, do you do any antidepressants? Do you meditate? What do you do? I go to therapy every other week. Me too. Yes. Yeah. And I found this therapist that I, love and it's you know you don't know like you go see someone it's like how do you find your person you just go and I've had several therapists that I liked but it was like you know you think you like something and then you find the one you're like oh just about anything and I'd always gone to women and now I go to a man and I'm so fascinated to know if there's a difference because I, I tried to like do a survey online with my friends like who goes to a woman who goes to a man but I would love I wonder if someone has done a like a big wide survey now but Wait, is he straight? He is straight and he's married and we take our shoes off, which it's optional, but I'm into oh it. We take God. our shoes off right. and we hug at the end 
and I fucking love him. He's so great. So that is. Does he get a heart on at the end when you hug him? Every time. Really? And do you have to blow him at the end as well? I do. I guess it's not really therapy. That's that's normal. It's different than therapy, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he pays me at the end. So I don't really know. That's great. Yeah, it's good. It's a side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Okay. And when I told my mom about like the hugging and stuff, she was like, I don't know about this. This is very like some people don't like to they don't get it, but it's fine. It's good. It's good. Um, Okay, Whatever works for you, you know. Yeah. Elise is a therapist. So. Oh, really? I wonder. I wonder if she ever hugged. It's it's interesting. I'm going to ask her. All right. That's all right. And the second question is, you know, the podcast is called Kill Me Now because basically I say kill me now about 100 times a day because I fucking get and it's like I'm my mother's daughter and my father's daughter. And I just get aggravated a lot because people are fucking stupid. So what pisses you off more than anything that makes you fucking crazy? Like Mm. you fucking it could be anything like I know one thing I I probably have said this before Uh, when I'm walking down the street to go somewhere and someone is walking in front of me, looking at their phone and walking five fucking miles per 24 hour. I mean, like it's, I can't. So what pisses you off more than anything? Okay. First of all, I have to say, this goes back to our conversation at the beginning, talking about unorthodox podcasts and like things I didn't know were Jewish because I've never dated a Jew and I feel like I'm always the fetchy one and that I always feel like there's something wrong with me, but I think that I'm just a Jew and that's why shit bothers me all the time too. This is making me feel like I'm not crazy and I'm just normal. But it's because we notice everything. That's the problem. Like it's a fucking, like when when you're in the arts, you notice things more than other people. Like you pay attention to stupid shit and then it fucking aggravates you. You're so right. Okay, I don't know. One of the things that bugs me the most and I don't know if, it's like chicken or the egg because of what I do for a living or if because what I do made me this way or what. But I hate when people are telling a story and they add in all the details that don't matter and are very boring. So it's like, just tell the story and just tell all the good parts. I don't need to right, hear, right. like, if if you're telling me, like, about a story that you went somewhere I don't need to hear about the fucking traffic on the way there. I don't need to right, hear right, about right, right. unless you're a good storyteller and it's there for a reason and you're telling it in a funny way. That's one right. of my biggest pet peeves is because, like because you tell stories for a living. Exactly. So that. So that yeah, I could see. Yes. That. But that's why I don't know if it's be, that's because of what I do or that's why I'm good at what I do. But that really right. bothers me. And also I because it's a combo. I'm yeah. a West Coast person. I get <laughs> like my crotchety stuff is like. I hate when people accidentally put recycling in the garbage. Like that shit makes me mad. I get mad about environmental oh, I get that stuff. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cute. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, first of all, I can't thank you enough for doing this. You're such a delight and a bright spot uh, in this fucking. How are you dealing with the corona? You know, I feel like I'm not having the same experience as everyone else because I'm still going into work. And so I have a normalcy that a lot of people don't where I'm going into work and I'm seeing my coworkers and I'm coming home. So I'm not stuck at home all day. Are you are you separated from the I mean, because you're in Seattle. So it's like, yeah, it's that was Washington State was the the beginning. Yeah. Um, Are you six feet away from them? Are you are you guys just like, forget it. We probably had it. (laughs) 
what, what we're just wiping everything down. I mean, that's right. like what we're doing. Yeah. I think everyone's just trying to be as careful as they can. But I mean, you know, in the studio, you are as close as the microphones are to each right, other. Right, so right, right. Yeah, yeah. How do you do you know anyone who's gotten it? No, I don't. I've known I have some friends who got tested, but nobody's had it yet. And it's just kind of like a weird time. It seems like all these people are just getting other kinds of sick right now. And right. I'm really flu. sick. And I, 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 I have like a cough and a mucus and so, and I'm on antibiotics. And then like every time I cough, I'm like, no, it's a dry cough. You're like, <laughs> I know, it's so I know. awful. I know. Um, yeah, it's a weird so, time right now. It's super yeah. weird. I was thinking that I should start writing in my journal again because I don't do that, but I did most of my I life. I was thinking that too. Yeah, because I thought just because we should we should document what exactly. The fuck, yeah. I was thinking, you know, like if you found someone's journal from 1918 and they were talking about right, that, right. like it'd be so interesting. I'm trying to create content for the next generation to read. Right, right. You know, right. <laughs> um, so. You're on the radio, like on a lot of different shows. Is that correct? Yes, but all on the same radio station. So it's Cairo so Radio. on the Ron and Don show. That show actually ended a year ago, but. You were on the Ron and I Don was. show. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Judy. It's I okay. I do research. I read all these articles and then, uh, but, and that came up several times to Ron and Don show. Yes. So I was like, oh, I'll put, all right. So go ahead. So tell was- us where. I was on that for nine years. So you're forgiven. That makes sense. Okay. Thank you. So the podcast is your last meal podcast and you can find it everywhere like Stitcher and Apple podcasts and Spotify, or you can go to your last meal podcast.com your last meal podcast on Instagram, all that stuff. And then with the radio station, um, it's Cairo radio and my name's Rachel bell B E L L E. So if you Google that, all kinds of stuff will come up. I have a web page, but it's long. Okay. And what about, um, Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. Yeah. I'm Rachel Bell on Twitter. And then I have my own website that has all this stuff. It's hello, Rachel Bell. I know it's a great website. It's a great website. Everyone. Thank you. Um, I really want to meet you. In, if, when I come I to Seattle. Yes, please, please. No, can we hang? Seriously. Yes. And we'll, can we go out for dinner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have a slumber party. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, when I come back to New York, you, me, and Isaac, we should hang out. I love my Isaac. Woo, woo. Miss Rahi. Woo. Three Jews. Um, Rachel, you're the best. I can't thank you enough for being on during this Corona. Please be safe. I will. Remind me, I already forgot your Hebrew Yiddish name. Yoali Khanna. How did I forget that? I know. I don't. And um, I think I'm going to be on your podcast at some point. You are. Yeah, we're going to take take very soon. It's such an honor. You know, you've had some amazing guests and what a great idea. And I'm so happy for your success and your parents' marriage and that you have a boyfriend. <laughs> Which marriage? Um, Which one? The first? The second? The second? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, um, I'm glad you have a boyfriend and a cat and you're just adorable. <laughs> so, oh, I love you, Jealous Judy. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Rachel Bell. If you like the show, which how can you not? Please make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find my amazing podcast. Five stars only, please. Thank you very much. If you purchase tickets for any of my upcoming events and shows, please refer to your point of purchase for any updates on rescheduling or refunds. As we all know, this is a very uncertain time. And I hope all my listeners are safe and well. And if you're sick, I'm sending you only good, positive thoughts. 
And while you're social distancing, washing your hands, getting sick of your family, fighting with your spouse, wanting to kill your kids, take this time, this all this extra time you have to listen to the entire backlog of amazing interviews that I have done on Kill Me Now. You can also take a listen to my comedy albums, Conduct Unbecoming, Kill Me Now, and Judith's Roommate Had a Baby. That was my mother. You can find all of this on judygold.com. I'm thinking of all of you. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram for updates, for nasty comments about Trump, for to laugh maybe. I'm at Judy Gold, as you know, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, like Jew Gold. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking of all of you. Thank you for listening. And as we always say, so long! Uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Mm -hmm.